Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual, and welcome back to... Well, excuse me. What? <laughs> I am your host, Lucky. Sorry, I went on autopilot there. I was about to say, welcome back to Lucky Rants. That's another segment I do on my anime channel. Whew, almost almost went, went all the way with that. I was about to talk to you guys about anime and all that stuff. Anyway, maybe, maybe another time. Uh, anyway, we're going over to the CPTSD subreddit, which uh, stands for Complex PTSD or Relational Trauma. Uh, PTSD or CPTSD is a bit different than PTSD or it's more specific than PTSD in the sense that it's usually something that has to do with a relationship of some sort. It could be anything from the way that you have been with your father, your mother, maybe your significant or uh, your significant other, just anything like that. So anyway, let's go over to the CPTSD subreddit. And uh, yeah, let's see this first post. Uh, has anyone not had a life because of being thrown into various family situations as a child and as an adult, caring for other family members and your own shit while having a pra- having to raise yourself and survive? My story is shocking to quote unquote normal people. That actually does sound uh, a, like a lot. Now, I will say this: that there are a lot of there are some people in my life that end up. Uh, that ended up, uh, you know, really having to take care of people and ended up having to grow up, let's just say grow up real quick. And so there's a blessing and a curse to that, right? Have you ever met somebody that, let's let's say they're like 20, in their late 20s or something like that, and you you end up talking to them and they're, it, it almost seems like they're, they're like the still like the, the, the mental maturity of somebody that's like 15 or even younger. They're... Now there are some people that you know. I I met so, I met some people in high school that it was like, how are you so mature? You know, you you don't have the same hormones that I do, or what? What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? So there, there's a gift and a curse there, but I'm sure that there is there are a lot of people like you like you out there that have that have had to hmm that seem to you know, have to give up this, you know, their lives and in order to, or give up some of their, their freedoms in order to help, uh, help somebody else. You know, um, I had an aunt who was very, uh, very good and was able to, uh, take care of my grandma and grandpa before they passed away and they needed a lot of help. Uh, and this was before, you know, luckily we were eventually able to, uh, get their finances straight so that they can afford, you know, somebody to come to their house and do that stuff. But it was mostly up to my aunt at this point. Man, dude, she she did a bang up job of it, man. She was really. But you know, I could also tell how much. And this is kind of like a messed up thought to have. But the minute like my grandmother passed away, it was really tough on me. But I was just thinking, this is, you know, I'm sure this this really sucks for my aunt. But at the same time, now she has a lot of freedom, you know, and she also doesn't have regrets because she did she was the one that stepped up if anything i started having regrets for not stepping up enough you know you know maybe i should have helped out here and maybe i should have helped out here and it, it just got to the point where i was like oh man i'm just oh what well you know you, you start to think that you didn't do enough and, you know she, my aunt she definitely did enough so you know, she did more than enough so there's a couple different sides to take on this i personally don't have too much of an opinion on this uh i i kind of want to keep going just because it didn't doesn't have uh it does have something to do with CPTSD, but I want to get a little bit more specific on some of this stuff. So best of luck with that. Uh, desiring children seems like objectifying someone's existence. The next post. Sorry if I come across uh, insensitive, but I don't like any, the idea of desiring children. It feels as if children are a commodity. 
I've had my parents said how much they wanted me. I feel that desire they have objectified my existence as uh, to some uh, sorry, objectified my existence to some must have had and became a product to please them. I don't get why some people feel depressed for not having their own children. Like people are depressed, not not able to add more humans. My one friend was born after 10 years to her parents and she did something that disappointed them. And the thing they said is that they had such a child at after 10 years when they wanted a good when they wanted good a good child i hate quote unquote wanting other humans be it spouse or spouse or child it objectifies the hell out out of them i don't know how to reconcile this but i feel a lot of abuse starts because of the mindset that children are some must haves some kind of a status or commodity in someone's life i don't know i may be insensitive but i feel objectified by this concept um so I do have a little bit of a disagreement with this. If you look at the biology of people, now there is there there's somewhat of a selfless and somewhat of a selfish reason for this, right? Uh, in particular, we want to spread our genes, as well, especially men, right? And so when you want a child, you you're basically asking to spread your genes so that they have a chance to grow. Now, and I think this is just inherent in a lot of us that we want kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a, it, it's almost like instinct to a certain, to a, to a certain degree, right? Like that's why animals end up having kids. You know, they don't exactly, maybe they don't innately know the complications or the the um, the rewards of having kids, but they they know that for some reason they, you know, during mating season they want to mate and they want to have kids. So it's, I think it's a little bit of a nature nurture thing. Um, I can see your argument for, you know, objectifying, you know, the fact that you want your own kids. There is real, there is a real sense though, that a lot of men, especially, well, mainly because of the, you know, when a woman has a child, obviously it is her child, right? There's no doubt that it is her child unless there's some, uh, you know, you're holding eggs or somebody like that. But you're you're typically going to know that it's your child, whereas men, once they know it's somebody else's child, it's hard for them to care about them as much. I'm not saying that all men are like that or anything like that, or that adoption isn't isn't a great way to to help out out there. But it seems like people do want their own kids, and mainly for I think that reason, it's that instinct to want to procreate. I, I think it's. Uh, it's uh i don't know there's a lot of different things to it but um as for this i think you're looking at the fact that parent you know parents want kids in the sense that they look at them as a commodity i don't think parents look at their kids as commodities i think they look at them as if they're the future of them you know what i'm saying now like i said that can be selfish but there is a sense of pride in things that belong to you you know what i mean um you know, it's the difference between you being just, you know, somebody who's like hookup and being somebody's boyfriend or girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, there's a couple different things here. I don't know exactly how. I, I don't know if I, I, could, I, I do disagree with you more than I agree with you on this sense. Um, but I do see where you're coming from in the sense that, you know, wanting children. Mm, yeah, I don't completely agree with that that particular statement. Um, but I can, I can see what you're saying. Excuse me. I can see what you're saying, though. Like that, there there is some objectification in there, in the sense that sometimes parents get a little too 
Like, I want you to do this. I need you to do this because I wasn't able to do this. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, there can be, there can be some tough stuff. Um, Ooh, this is, Oh, this is a rough one. Um, my teacher humiliated me for having bladder problems in front of my class and I'm being blamed for then walking out. Uh, I female 17 year old, uh, suffered from, suffered from PTSD. This causes me to have bladder problems. I have to pee a lot generally once an hour. So this never, so this never causes any issues even when, uh, so this never causes any issues. Even when I have a two hour subject, the teacher gives us a five minute break to go drink, use the bathroom, etc. Except this teacher, I asked the teacher if I could go and she began insulting, calling me a child and I should be able to hold it for two hours at my age. So I waited 15 minutes to try and hold it until my bladder was in agony. So I grabbed my things. I got up and left the classroom. I heard from my classmates afterwards that she said she can go, she can go, go and huff elsewhere for all I care. At this age, you should be able to hold it in. Um, by the way, that is a really bad teacher, by the way. Okay. She then marked me absent for the two hours, even though I was present for one an hour and 20 minutes. I went straight to administration because my teacher is being aware of my medical conditions. I found it unacceptable to be treated this way. They were supportive at first. I said I wanted to apologize. I wanted to apologize to her after class. So we met, so we went. I explained I have a condition and it makes me have urinary incontinence. Uh, and then, and that I wasn't able to be disrespectful. Uh, I wasn't able to, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful by leaving. She proceeded to scold me at that at my age, I should know how to take precautions before class. She's in, she then said I should tell her why I needed to go to the toilet. I explained that, that, uh, that was humiliating and I shouldn't have to justify my illness to everyone when she's aware I have a disorder. She then said it's more humiliating to say you need to go to the toilet at my age in front of the class than, than explain I have bladder issues. I guess confidently doesn't mean uh, any. I guess confidentiality doesn't mean anything to her. I'm so embarrassed to have PTSD. I didn't. I didn't ask to have it. The administration person then said that this was just a misunderstanding and that I will make an effort in her class. Which, uh, which what effort? I'm a good student. I missed three months last year after being hospitalized and caught up in all of it, all of it in two weeks. And scored higher than the majority despite despite have recovering from a very rough suicide attempt. I'm still here. I'm still going to school and uh, giving it on my own. I pay attention in her class, take my notes, and participate. It hurts because her class is my favorite subject, and now I'm terrified to set my foot back in it. I actively asked to go to the toilet. She said, no, I couldn't stay, or I'd literally piss myself, so I leave. I then wa wait to apologize to her for leaving. What fucking effort am I to make? I'm honestly exhausted. I'm tired of having to justify me and my illness just to be respected. I don't get why they assume the worst of me when I work so hard. I'm not asking for privileges. I'm asking to be respected and for, for small adaptations um, because of my abnormal circumstances. The school installing a lift for handicapped individuals isn't giving those people a privilege. It's giving them the ability to attend school and succeed just like anyone else. I feel horrible and like this is all my fault and I don't know what to do at this point. What can I do? What is your perspective on all this? That is a really, that is a fascinating story, by the way. That is ridiculous. So, um, you know, obviously she has PTSD, but the, obviously this was um, a CPTSD event. So it's something that could cause, that probably, well, it sounds like it did cause trauma. Um, when you lose, one thing that I noticed with some teachers, this isn't a whole lot of teachers, but I do notice this in some teachers, right? Anytime that you need to, do something that is out of the ordinary. It's almost like they automatically assume that they, um, 
that they automatically know more about your situation than, than you do because they're older. They should be respected. Because if you think about it, teachers have to, they have to garner some type of respect from their, their, uh, their classroom or else they're, nobody's going to listen to them, right? And so this teacher, I think mistakenly, thought of you as a threat to her authority. You know, if you, okay, so if you just, and so she ends up thinking that, hey, she knows more about the world. You should be able to hold it for a couple of hours, all that kind of stuff. By the way, what kind of freaking class is this? I've never had a subject for like two hours or anything like that. I've had a, um, God, that's a, that's a crazy thing. Unless you're in, unless you're in like call co a college class or something like that. But man, that's crazy. Um, and you know, that that's, uh, that lack of understanding is is really tough because it sounds like she had a, she had a prior knowledge to like your your circumstances, so that's even worse. So, um, yeah, that's really strange. I I did have some teachers where they got very adamant about uh, they got very like ticked off if anybody ended up just um, try, having to leave class or anything. Right? They would look at you really weird, man. It was really strange. It's almost like they didn't. I, okay, well, this is kind of like a mess of thing, but it's almost like they didn't see uh, see us like downing freaking you know those uh, what are those? You, do you guys remember those like plastic Kool Aid bottles that you you twist the top off and stuff? Um, like those things. Like I remember, I remember a bunch of people had had those Capri Suns. Uh, you know, down in those uh, down in those things. You know what I'm saying? I like I remember that. Uh, you know, I remember just people downing those, and then you know the fact that they have to go to, go to the bathroom for a bit. Like, come on, guys, come on. So yeah, this is completely ridiculous. And, and like you said, like like she was saying, right? This is her favorite subject, and now she has to go back to it. That is one of the worst things that could happen, right? Is is a teacher makes you afraid to go back to a subject that you like, because then that could end up eventually leading you to dislike the subject whereas maybe you had an affinity for it maybe this is something you could eventually I, mean, I don't know what the subject is i don't know if it's a particularly lucrative one but you know it's something that you could have probably um ended up uh, majoring in college or anything like that so that that does suck that that happened as for things that you can do about this um you know i would that there are there are you could there's a possibility you could if this teacher isn't the only teacher teaching that subject you could ask request a different teacher it's not always the case especially in high school in college you can definitely do that because you know you're paying for your damn education so you better be able to choose your damn professor but um yeah in terms of that i think you have to also uh you know find an accept uh find acceptance in your circumstance so what i mean by that is this all happened and now, you know, to look at it as as just a classroom or find look past the teacher that's teaching the subject and continue to to love the subject, not the teacher. You know what I'm saying? So use that teacher as a, you know, think of her as like a as like a platform for you to learn that particular that particular subject. Don't think of her as the the. Uh, as the as as a, a muse, so to speak, for the subject itself. Think of her as just a simple platform for you to learn more about that subject. Um, that then going back to objectifying, right? It doesn't that sound like objectification. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But sometimes you have to 
you have to assign people certain roles so that they fit into um, your 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 framework, right? Sometimes, like I'll give you an example, right? In order for farmers to do what they do, they can't completely. Uh, they have to look at their cattle as commodities, right? They have to look at them as okay. This is what's you know I'm going to raise this the best that I, that I can with a lot of love, and one day you know we have to uh, we have to feed people. You know that's what they have to look at them as. Um, which sucks, but at the same time, it is what puts food on the table as well. So there is, so I think looking at this in a little bit more of a, or practical manner, uh, looking at it that way may help you. Maybe not, you know, it really depends on the way that you are. So why don't we go over the next post here? Really, really interesting. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see this kind of stuff on CPTSD, but uh, whatever, let's keep going. Uh, does anyone else identify with the role of being quote unquote wrong all the time and sub uh, subsequently living a life revolving around guilt. My unconscious mind continuously judges myself as right or wrong when I feel I was wrong in a situation. I feel stupid, the worst kind of evil, deserving of bullying. The biggest indicator of being wrong is another person's negative reaction or lack of excessively positive reaction. However, wow, these are really insightful. However, even with the positive reaction, I somehow find a way to feel deficient and wrong in retrospect and in danger of justified retaliation until I smooth out the wrinkles with the other person. There's perfectionism at play, but the way I see it is if there's imperfection, there's somebody out there that would use that imperfection justifiably to ruthlessly criticize me and tear me, tear my character to shreds. Often strong ethical arguments could make, it could be made against my deficiencies if someone wanted to. Therefore, if another person's responses are negative, they could make a justified argument against me that would make the world hate me. If I'm quote unquote wrong, I assume the righteous path is to be punished and I willingly put myself up to be pounded. I can't focus on important tasks because my mind thinks I have to dedicate every minute to learning how to craft myself into a, a not wrong person in the eyes of others. I feel unsafe otherwise. Heaps and heaps of guilt here. It's a form of people pleasing, but instead of being nice, I try to be an infallible person praised by all people as if an objective infallible person type exists that programs all people to embrace me. Advice welcome. Um, yeah, this is a this is this is really interesting. The reason why I was like, you know, I was saying this is fascinating is because it sounds a lot like me at one point in my life. There's a reason why I have to kind of get rid of so being a podcaster and a YouTuber, I have to dispel some of my I have to be willing to be wrong on subjects, is what I mean. Um, because I don't I make I have to make a YouTube video, like I make a YouTube video for this channel every i'm sorry for mental health casual every week i make it two two uh videos for anime casuals every week i make a podcast for uh casual bros every week i make podcasts almost every day you know so i am going to be wrong at some point I, actually this is a really good time to point this out um if you're listening to this and you disagree with me that is absolutely fine i'm not an authority figure here i'm not a person who is um who has some type of background. I I just know what experience I've been through, some of the things I've learned, you know, talking to people who know what they're talking about. And through that, I've realized that there are some universalities in approaching these things. Give you an example, right? This is a lot like um, when I was first, uh, when I was first, you know, discovering some stuff about like AA and stuff. Uh, since AA is very 
religion religion oriented, which I've had my disagreements about that for a while. Um, one of the things that I do, one of the things I do agree with is, you know, one of the things that you have to, you have to put forward in life is the fact that you are not perfect. You have to admit that you have to admit that I'm not perfect. That sounds really strange, right? Well, the reason why you have to admit that is so that you can accept your flaws as much as your, uh, as, as much as your strengths. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to accept your strengths for what they are, which, uh, sorry, your flaws for what they are. Because listen, I happen to ramble a lot. That is a flaw that I ended up using to start a podcast. People might see this as a strength. Oh, wow. You can talk for 20 minutes a day at, at, in one podcast and 20 minutes a day in another one and still do videos and stuff. How do you do it? Well, I have so much freaking I have so many conversations in my freaking brain all the time that I just need to throw them out there, you know, and that is a flaw because sometimes I end up saying things that I later I, I end up hearing people, you know, I end up hearing a podcast. I'm like, wow, I don't I don't think that way anymore at all. That's crazy, which I, you know, I highly suggest you guys do, you know, record yourself saying something like record a journal or something or write something down. You'll find that you may be wiser than your years at that point or maybe you are just full of shit and i found out that i was full of shit a lot man i i there's there's a lot of things that i you know i remember in like certain podcasts that i did where i'm like i don't believe that anymore completely you know but it was because i was i it was because i had people on that that were somewhat uh that let's say they had a different approach to this it made me realize, you know, kind of what my belief was just in terms of the way that I had to attack my, or I had to um, figure out my own mental issue, mental illness and my own mental issues. Right. Because I had to figure out that everybody's really different. You know what I mean? Like this person, I'm guaranteeing you, there's another person out there who has no shame, who is like, Oh yeah, I'm like it doesn't even matter if I'm wrong. Like I'm still not wrong. You know, they they'll never see that they're wrong. And so this is actually a strength of some sorts because you actually embrace the fact that you're wrong sometimes. I guarantee you if you look at media right now, uh, a lot of people don't think that they're wrong. Or if you look at YouTube right now, there's a lot of people who don't think that they're wrong. Uh if you look at my channel, I don't think that I'm wrong about some things. I'm like I'm very adamant about it. And then all of a sudden I realize later that I'm wrong and I'm like fuck. Uh so there are definitely times where that happens. But th what you're talking about right here is also somewhat of a strength of yours. So you want to you want to think about maybe cultivating this a little bit so that you end up being as introspective as you are right now, but without the, the without the uh, without pointing the finger at yourself all the time or without think seeking some type of penance for what you've done, some type of punishment for what you've done, for being wrong. Everybody is wrong at some point. It doesn't mean that they always have to be punished for it, depending on how severe it is, right? Think about severity. If you are wrong about, I don't know, you said that the sky was green and it was blue, okay? Granted, you should probably know that by now, but let's say you're colorblind, <laughs> you know? that That's not something that you should be punished for, you know? It's not something that you should, you should be, you should, uh, you should uh, have a forced apology. You shouldn't have to write a speech and go on to go on to TV and apologize to the nation or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? So you have to also think about the severity of what you've done. It's not just all this stuff or else you're just going to completely apologize to, about everything. So 
Anyway, guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed. That was a really interesting. Uh, I, <laughs> I was not expecting to read these kinds of uh, comment comments on here, but I was expecting to hear a little bit more about like you know maybe like significant others and stuff. But man, these are very interesting. But hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I will have a link to this uh, the CPTSD subreddit in the link in the description uh, in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email us or email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. Also, remember, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. As always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.